0: This episode of the Grind Hours podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR at checkout to get $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout to get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Now on to wrapping up. Well, Nick... Uh, it was a better weekend for college football than actual football, would you say?
1: Yes, it definitely was. The games were, were uh, more compelling, in my opinion. Uh, I didn't have to suffer the abomination that was the Giants' performance. I didn't have to suffer anything like that. There was there was a lot of intrigue. There was a lot of good stuff happening. There was a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about.
0: So why don't we jump into college football first and I'm not going to be homer. I'm going to stay in the big 10 though. I'm going to go Penn state, Ohio state. Great Mc...
1: game, Fantastic.
0: Mick Sorley or Mick Heisman had 170 yards or 179 yards on the ground, on the ground, not even through yep. the air. He was their leading rusher. And yet the ball is not in his hands on the last play of the game.
1: It was, it was a terrible call. It's a head scratcher, and we're going to be debating about this one, especially if this is what causes them to miss out on a playoff berth. We're going to be debating this call until the end of time. It's it shocked me that James Franklin went for a draw there. I don't understand it. I can't, for the life of me, figure out why he wouldn't want to put the you wouldn't want to put the ball in your star quarterback's hand at that moment in time. It just, he, he the guy has never lost a home game. The guy has been electric all night. Give it to him. Let him make the play. Live or die by the sword. I don't understand the logic in that call. And and the running game hadn't been that impressive all night outside of of McSorley. He had the big run of like 53 yards or whatever it was. And other than that, They hadn't really produced anything. I don't know if it's a blocking issue or a personnel issue in the backfield. I mean, I said to my mom when we were watching the game, I expected that without Barkley they would go – they wouldn't be great again, but I thought they would go from great to good. I didn't think they would go from great to not even on the radar, which is what happened last night.
0: Well, I mean – I'm in, a, I'm in lockstep with you. I, you have to give the ball to your best player. And if your best player just happens to be a quarterback, make, make him make a play. He was a bowling ball all night. And the first tackler almost never got him on the ground. He uh-huh. single-handedly torched the Ohio State defense, and there was nothing that they could do about it. I, I don't get it. I honestly don't. I'm with you. But I do think Michigan will beat them. I think that Michigan's offense is a better offense than Ohio State. Their defenses are comparable with Michigan and Ohio State. I'll be a homer there and say that, that Michigan's defense on a good day is better than Ohio State's. But... You got to win that game. You're you're up 14 at home. It's a whiteout. There's not a better crowd in college football. You got to win that game. And to have this play to have the last play be a draw play and that be the microcosm of this collapse. It's sad, but it's what else are you going to do? You got to go some somewhere different with that play. You have to. That's right. And you have to win that game. You're yep. a conference rival. At home, you're up big. That could, if they win that game, they are t- a top three team. No question about it.
1: Game, not only are they a top three, top three team, they're in the driver's seat to represent the Big Ten in the college football playoff. Now Ohio State's in that position, and Penn State is on the outside looking in for the third year in a row.
0: I mean, James Franklin said it best: We're not an elite program yet. And they're not. Mm -hmm. They're a very good program. Very, very good program that can win a lot of games. But
1: But what what, what must be so frustrating for him is that they had the opportunity to become an elite program last night.
0: Oh, yeah. It,
1: It could have happened. And it was this close to happening.
0: You could have looked back on that game and said, you know, this was the marquee game where James Franklin put his foot down on the Big Ten, and made a name for himself. Moving to your team. Yes. My team. That's right. I'm you have a team.
1: proud to announce officially on the podcast that I do have a favorite college football team now. The story behind this is a classic tale, if I say so myself. <laughs> Basically, what happened is I didn't have a team. I was one of those people. who I love the sport. Don't get me wrong, but I was one of those people who just kind of watched the games. But I was getting invested in Syracuse um, pulling away and trying to beat Florida State. And it was just so absurd to me that Syracuse was winning a game against Florida State that I said to Joe, if they hold on and make this happen... I will commit to being a Syracuse fan forever. And they did it, so I'm fully invested. I'm fully on board with Syracuse. All sports across the board, Syracuse football, Syracuse basketball, all of that good shit, I'm I'm ready for it. And as a Syracuse fan, I can say that uh, this game against Clemson was very impressive. I think, I really thought that, even with the loss, that they should have gotten top 25 attention. This is a really good Syracuse team. Eric Dungy is a tremendous player at quarterback. They've got some great skill players. They've got a real solid defense. They can make some noise in this division, with Boston College having faded as of late, with Florida State having the down year that they're having, with Louisville in the rebuilding phase. Uh, Syracuse can make some noise in the uh, Atlantic Division of the ACC, they could end up going maybe 9-3, and three, maybe 8-4, and four, and end up in a semi-major bowl game. and That would be huge for this program. And Clemson, you know, what more can you say about the juggernaut that Dabo Sweeney has turned that team into, that they could lose their star young quarterback, they could lose a quarterback to a transfer during the week, and then lose their star freshman quarterback on a big hit, which hope to God Trevor Lawrence is all right. But to then have the essentially the third string quarterback come in and lead you to a come behind victory, it's uh, it's shades of Cardale Jones. It was really it's really impressive what he's able to build. You can't say enough about Clemson, and much like Ohio State putting themselves in the Big Ten driver's seat. Clemson, as if there was any debate, Clemson is once again in the ACC driver's seat with five games in.
0: Well, two things that really stood out to me with what you just said. One, the light that you shed on the rest of the ACC is probably the brightest light anyone has ever given the rest of the ACC conference. And two, if they beat Clemson... There is no doubt in my mind. They're like like the number 19 team in the country. Yeah. With the Florida State and then a a Clemson win. And if you're Clemson, I mean what <laughs> What else can you do, man? You You, you got a quarterback and, and Kelly Bryant who is just peace I'm out of here. This isn't what I signed up for. I'm gone, which is not like dab, a Dabo program. And then, I mean, nobody, nobody thinks that you're going to lose your star quarterback two days after that, literally two days yep. after Kelly Bryant says, I'm out of here, y'all. You lose yep. your starting quarterback, and you're not looking at yourself like, uh-oh, we're down to Cuse at home. <laughs> what do we do here, man? That's why Davo is Davo, and that's why he is. So much respect in the college football world.
1: The good news for Trevor Lawrence is that I just checked this out right now. They're saying that it's not a concussion, his injury. So he could be back pretty soon. But just in case, I mean, the season hangs in the balance of Chase Bryce now. And he's got it. There's enough around him that that might not be a problem for them. But... I mean, if you're Kelly Bryant, I understand that the transfer thing, I thought it was ridiculous the way people were crapping on him, saying he quit on the team. Transferring and quitting are two different things. The kid wants to try and have a future in the NFL. I don't necessarily think he'll play there, but he he wants to get a chance to start someplace else, and Trevor Lawrence is the guy in Clemson. He's not going to get that chance there. So it makes sense for him in the best interest of his future to transfer. But you have to wonder if he's kicking himself now. That he could have he could be out there, he could be leading this team just as he did in the past.
0: Well, I mean that's why that's why I think transferring mid-season is ridiculous because I mean everybody knows At any level of football, injuries are a part of the game. Injuries are a part of sports, period. So, at any time, Trevor Lawrence could be walking down the... He could be walking to class and tweak his ankle. And not play that week. Like, it's ridiculous to transfer mid-season. And... I mean, if you're you're Dabo, why not redshirt him? Like why did well, I think
1: that's. I think that's what he would have wanted to do if if Kelly Bryant had been willing to stay. But I guess I guess Kelly just didn't want a red shirt for whatever reason.
0: I don't know. I don't get it. But moving to another juggernaut in the, in the college football world, yep. the anointed five weeks in college football playoff champion, the Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Or can you even say about Alabama that hasn't already been said? It has to be positive. It has to be country.
0: positive. You can't say a bad word about Nick Saban's Crimson Tide. It always has you to cannot, be positive. It's
1: it's 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 amazing. We're, we're watching greatness. We're watching the best college coach in history making this incredible dynasty in Tuscaloosa. But the fact that the players change every week. It's, it seems like every week they've got a different leading rusher and a different leading receiver, and somebody else is making the big plays on defense. It's, it's amazing how how loaded this team is with talent. And he's finally got the perfect quarterback to pull it all together. Jalen Hurts? And, and to Otago toggle by <laughs> <laughs> The kid will get to that. I mean, this kid is incre- an incredible talent. Uh, Joel Klatt put out his Heisman odds this morning, five weeks in. He's got 2 of right at the top, and I can't find much fault in that. He's been tremendous. He can throw. He can run. He, he's, a, he's a natural leader. He, he does everything. He, he's, a, he's a great student. He's a great kid. He does everything that you want a college quarterback to do. It's, he, he's the perfect guy to run this.
0: Moving on to some depressing NFL news. Well, not really depressing news, but depressing results. Yeah. Do you want to go first or shall I with our two terrible football teams?
1: I could not be more disappointed than the way, at the way the New York Giants came out yesterday. I thought we were beyond this, guys. I thought we were beyond the, uh... The offensive line missteps. The, uh, the unable to throw more than 10 yards down the field. I, it's, it's, it, it blows my mind. Saquon Barkley is back to 44 yards rushing. The Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard catch the ball and, and get things going in space and have nowhere to go because the great Saints' DBs are right on them has no no choice but to just dunk it off to to Odell and and Shepard on screen passer. Chad Wheeler has a great game last week, subbing in for Eric Flowers. Now he looks like a white Eric Flowers. He looked horrible yesterday. I don't understand it. The, The defense can't make any big plays. The, it was the red zone. They only show seem to show up when the Saints got into the red zone, and then toward the end, the wheels even fell off of that. I, I don't get it. It's 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 just depressing, you know. And and now we're at the point of fourth of the season is gone. The team is one and three. I'm sorry, everybody who thought this team was going to be in the playoffs everybody who thought they were going to it was going to be a quick fix and they were going to be in super bowl contention you were wrong i'm sorry i it's you're one in three you're not going to recover and get to the playoffs now it's you have to it, it this is going to be a, another long tough season I, are,
0: are we sure about that are you 110 percent certain about that
1: i mean i'm never percent certain about about really anything but we've seen four games and three of the four games the the team has looked bad so you carry that out for the whole season that's a four and twelve team
0: maybe I don't take they into get account to six
1: and ten maybe they get to seven and nine I don't see an amazing turnaround the personnel is just not there we don't have starting quality offensive linemen. We don't have starting quality players at a number of defensive positions. It's a personnel issue. The special teams isn't very good. Unless they're able to find some randos up in the Canadian League and import them and they magically turn into stars, I don't see how this is a transformed team from last year. The same problems are still there. The only thing that's changed is we have a dynamic running back with nowhere to run.
0: Here's my rebuttal to this. The rest of your division is crap. It's utter crap. The Eagles lost to the Tennessee Titans in overtime. They had to go to overtime and still lose. The Cowboys, they have one player, and that's Ezekiel Elliott. And they beat us. Well, yeah, but you still have... Five more divisional games, and you're going to beat the Eagles at least once. And I'm sorry, Alex Smith with nobody else around him and a not-so-good defense is not that great. I know that they're leading the NFC East right now, but they're not a great football team either. This division is garbage. So to say that your season's over or it's looking grim, I don't buy it just quite yet. Maybe in two weeks, if you're, you know, one in, one in five. But not now, not at one in three, with the rest of your division not looking all that great. Now for the Jets, on the other hand. Oh boy. You want to talk about same old Jets. We still do not have an offensive playbook. There are no plays in which you win football games in a Jet playbook. At least right now. There, there are no winning I to, plays. I want to say
1: one thing before you get any further, Dion. The likelihood of a team at 1-3 making the playoffs is 12.9%. So, there's a chance, but it's not a very good one.
0: Uh, just keep the door open a crack. Giant
1: fans. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but I'm also realistic. This team doesn't look good.
0: The Jets on the other... The, the Jets, I... Uh, four weeks in, and I gauge... I usually I start to gauge football teams four weeks in. I take the first four weeks as the abbreviated preseason. I don't pay any attention to preseason, and I take the first four weeks as the preseason. And then judge them from there on. But the Jets don't have—they do not have an offense. They don't. They're—you they're, want to talk about Ben McAdoo's cheesecake factory offense? I'd enjoy that right about now. I could sit down and enjoy that right about now because at least you have something. They might not be good plays, but they're at least more plays than six. We have one sheet of an offensive playbook with a dyna- seemingly dynamic quarterback who can make stuff happen on the run and has a pretty good arm and makes throws, but he only makes throws within 10 yards. There, We have a barn burner in Robbie Anderson. Yes, he should not be on the team, but he can still run. He is on the team. Utilize him. Utilize that speed. There's not many DBs that can catch up to him. You have two tight ends that, I mean, give or take, they might drop some passes here and there, but they're big bodies. They got seemingly nice hands. You got a guy in Jermaine Kearse and Quincy Nunez who don't drop balls. Utilize them down the field. Make some route patterns, please, I beg of you. I can't keep watching this cookie cutter cut and paste Run to the left, screen pass to Inunua, slant, in route, out route, bullshit, because we're not winning football games here, folks, if that's what we're doing. Our Super Bowl was week one. There's nothing left in this team, defensively or offensively. There's no heart there. We're just going through the motions, and it's week four. So you want to talk about a long season for Giant fans. Everyone who thought Sam Darnold was the savior and was going to bring us the playoffs, I say again, pump the brakes on that. And to Jets management and Mike McCagan, who I've been a major skeptic of his entire tenure as the Jets general manager, I beg of you, what did you see in Sam Darnold in the preseason that made you make the trade to send Teddy Bridgewater to New Orleans? I want to see what you saw, please. I want the tape. I want real life proof. I want anything that shows me that Sam Darnold was worth getting rid of Teddy Bridgewater. Now Sam Darnold might be a Hall of Fame quarterback. He very well might be at some point in his career, but right now he's not. He's a rookie quarterback who's making rookie mistakes and is getting getting handled with kid gloves. I don't like seeing quarterbacks being handled with kick gloves. I've seen that my entire pretty much my entire life as a Jet fan. Especially this past six years, give or take.
1: That's the that's the biggest thing to me. I don't understand why they're babying him so much.
0: Because you they wanna win
1: games. If you don't open up the playbook, he's not gonna learn anything.
0: They wanna win games. Todd Bowles is I wanna win games mode. I need to win games to save my job. And yet they're hurting they- their quarterback.
1: Sound like a broken record when we say it, but they should have just either fired him and brought somebody else, or given him an extension and said, "Don't worry about it."
0: Moving on to the team in your division who just lost to Tennessee, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Are we sure they are? Go- are we sure they're good? And are we sure that Tennessee's bad? Um, I'm
1: still sure that the Eagles are. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee might just be a solid team, but these Eagles, I, I, you're going to have growing pain for the fact that Carson Wentz hasn't played in the calendar year and he's got to ease back into it. I get that. And all things considered, he had a decent performance from somebody coming back from from a major injury like that. But they got to get him some help. Like who who are the receivers on this team? Who are the running backs on this team? It's sort of the inverse of the problem that the Giants have. The Giants have all these skilled players and no protection for the quarterback. The, the Eagles have tons of great protection for the quarterback and nobody for him to throw to.
0: I said it in the preseason, and I'll say it here now. The Eagles reached their window they hit their window they cashed in on the championship that's good for them they won't get back they're having super bowl hangover they're having the disease of more it's they reach their window that's all i'll say about them they're a good football team they'll probably get to the playoffs but they won't win another super bowl with Wentz at the helm as quarterback now for the titans I don't know if they're good or not. They can be. We clearly know that they can be. They've beaten in two consecutive weeks playoff teams from last year. Now, one was more handily than the other, but they're a team that I think can make some noise in the playoffs. They were a playoff team last year, but I think I really like Mariota. I think he's a good quarterback, and I think that you give him some sort of remnants of an offense, he can make some things happen. And I think this defense is good enough to make some noise. Now I don't know if they're gonna go ten and six. They might well they might go nine and seven and make it in the wild card because they're not winning their division. Actually. No, they very well might win their division. Here is Tennessee's schedule for the rest of the way. Okay. At Bills, by week, at Bills, hosting the Ravens, at the Chargers, at the Cowboys, home against the Patriots, that's a good game, Mm -hmm. at the Colts, at the Texans, hosting the Jets, hosting the Jaguars, at the Giants. Hosting the Redskins and hosting the Colts.
1: You I mean you named me at least six that I think are probably to definitely wins. I counted at least six that they should have no problem.
0: So that that's nine wins right there.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I, let's move on magic has run
0: out. What did I tell you?
1: You told me.
0: What did I tell the rest of the world? He's fool's gold. gold. He reverts back to the mean, and he reverts back hard. Very hard. He reverts back so hard that Jameis Winston, who you can argue probably shouldn't have a job right now, took over in the third quarter, and is making Dirk Cutter and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look like a laughing stock. Yep. We know who Fitzpatrick is. We know. We've seen it for a very, very long time. He's fool's gold. He'll win you a couple of good games and throw six touchdown passes and wear a Fugazi outfit that is not even his and so you gotta believe in the Fitz magic and you'll have Brandon Marshall tug on your beard. He's not a good quarterback. And goodbye Tampa Bay for not trading Ta- uh, Jameis Winston. Goodbye them, because if they did, I'd be laughing even harder.
1: <laughs>
0: now I, I don't think Jameis should probably should have a job because of the crab legs and the domestic. Violence and the groping incident and, you know, let's eat a W crap, but he's better than Fitzpatrick and he'll give them a better chance to win down the road. They're still a terrible team and all the luck and magic that that team has or had for the for the 2018 season ran out last week on Monday night when Fitzpatrick threw three picks. (laughs) Last thing before we get to the Monday night prediction, Le'Veon Bell is reportedly going to report to Steelers camp during their bye week in week seven.
1: What a mess.
0: Here's why I think this news is so troubling. Earl Thomas... Got hurt last night in Arizona. He has a broken leg. He's out for the year. And he probably cost himself a considerable amount of money. On his way off the field, Earl Thomas took it into his hands to flash the bird to his sideline, his own sideline, showing him his thoughts on how he feels about the organization. Now, mess. Earl Thomas has been one of the most vocal players on guaranteed money and player rights that we've seen in all of football and perhaps all of sports. In the history of sports.
1: Well, you know what, though? He made a choice to come back. He, he, he,
0: he did, and he out. honestly, and then, he was he stupid made, for it.
1: He made a choice to come back. Before they had had a contract ironed out. He got hurt. He knew this was a risk. Don't be flipping off your team. You made the choice to do this.
0: No, but the, the reason why I, I, I feel for the dude, because he he knows he didn't want to do it. He knows he didn't want to show up, but he had to, because he has to support his family, and he has to support himself. Yes, I understand the statement that Le'Veon Bell is making, and the statement that Bell is making lessens by him coming back three weeks earlier than he can and after something like this it proves that Le'Veon Bell is spineless that he's a joke that he's just in it for the money and he doesn't care about anything else and really he doesn't really care about the money either he's just a clown because If you do care about your body and the statement that you're trying to make, after you see Earl Thomas' injury, you would say, you know what, no, I'm staying out till week 10 when I have to show up, and I might not even show up then either, because I want players' rights, and I want guaranteed money. And and the statement that Earl Thomas made by flipping the bird to the Seahawks' sideline is something that I think is going to... it's a statement that we'll see and look back upon and say that was the moment. Sort of kind of similar to LeBron signing with the Heat to to form the Big Three in 2010. It was player empowerment. LeBron said, "I don't have to. Who? What do you mean? I gotta wait around and take my lumps? I earn it with one team like everyone did back in the day. No, I'm taking matters into my own hands because it's my career and I want to win championships." This should, Le'Veon Bell should be the person that does that for the NFL players. And Earl Thomas should be the player that does that for the NFL players. And I think they will at some, I think Earl Thomas will at some point. I don't think Earl Thomas will play for another year, year after this. I don't think he'll play next year at all. Even if he is healthy, because he's going to make a statement and he's going to go to the the. An PA and the NFL offices when the CBA is up in three years and say, no, we need this because we can't keep having season ending injuries and life altering injuries and serious health risks di- just disrupt our game and hinder our players after their careers because these guys aren't 40 years old leaving the, the sport. They're in their mid thirties. They have most. Well, you
1: know, you uh, know what though? It's a hard cap sport. They're never going to get guaranteed money. They
0: but have they, no. They, they have to them. though. They, they, in order for this game to really revert back to why we to what we've loved so much, and to better the sport, you really have to have guaranteed contracts because you're it's not going to. Never gonna, going to happen. I think. I think it's, in then order then,
1: to then you have to get rid of the salary cap.
0: I. Here's what I think will happen. In three years when the, when the CBA is up, I think there's going to be a strike that is parallel to the baseball strike in 95. It might even be longer than that. I really think this is an issue that will be ironed out. And if you're the players, you don't budge on this issue. You don't. This is an issue... That you seriously take into account, and you don't joke around with. This is perhaps your only bargaining chip that you have, besides power to Goodell. Th- those are the only two bargaining chips that, that you got, because the owner is going to come out with come back with you and say, "Oh, you want guaranteed money? Play two more games." And you know what you say after that? Fine. As long as you give us guaranteed money and abolish the salary cap.
1: It's never going to happen. That's
0: the compromise. And that's what will better the sport. And I think it has to happen or we'll just continue in this long circle of just nonsense and say, oh, we'll get players need guaranteed money, but they can't and this, that, and the third. And if you really want to make a statement, hold out and that. It, we're, it, we're regurgitating stuff. And it's it's nonsense it really is because we're not talking about anything until a stand happens and I think it has to happen this next time around and I honestly hope it does I I hope there's no foot I I don't because I love watching football but for the players sake and for the betterment of the game I hope that there is a year-long strike or two-year-long strike and they hold and hold and don't budge and get their wish.
1: I hope that they realize it's never going to work and that they come to a conclusion that will actually be feasible. I wouldn't have problems with, uh, unless you abolish the salary cap, which is dumb, you're never gonna get guaranteed money. It's it's that simple. If this is the hill that they become willing to die on,
0: no, but if you're printing, my, look, again. if you're, an NFL team has a license to print money. If, you, if you're if you printing money, you can afford to give players whatever the hell they want.
1: I'm not saying they can't afford to do it. I'm saying it will not get passed. The owners won't go for it.
0: Well, if they lose money because their teams aren't coming out for two years' worth of games, that... They'll might...
1: replace them with people who are willing to play.
0: Nah, I don't know, man.
1: You, you know how this stuff goes. It'll be the equivalent of Colin Kaepernick not having a job.
0: I just, I don't know. Let's go move on to the Monday night prediction because it's coming up pretty soon. And what do you think?
1: I mean, what can I even say? It's Obviously, I'm, I have to pick the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes has been incredible. It's Andy Reid. I think they're going to continue the hot streak he'll have patrick mahomes i think he'll have at least i think he'll have three touchdown passes the secondary for the broncos is weaker than it has been in years past i think he can get three touchdown passes uh, i'll say one to Tyreek hill two to travis kelsey which is more hopeful thinking because i have him on my fantasy team and i need the points <laughs> um, I, <laughs>
0: yeah, you do, cause you're going up against me.
1: Yep, and uh, this might be your first win.
0: I'm digging
1: a corner there, buddy. I'm right?
0: digging out of the grave, and you just wait and see what I have up my sleeve for for waiver wire claims this week. Just wait.
1: We'll see. Um, and I I think I think Case Keenum will play all right. I'll, I'll say one touchdown pass, a uh, nice one over the middle to Demarius. But I think I think the Chiefs win the game, and I don't think it's particularly close.
0: This has all the makings of a trap game. Everyone's really? all rah-rah on, on Mahomes and drinking his Kool-Aid, and he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and, he, and we'll, let's put him in the, the Hall of Fame because he's the greatest quarterback to have ever lived. Let's not forget that Andy Reid still sucks at clock management. Let's not forget that the game is being played in Denver where there is no oxygen for Tyreek Hill to continuously streak down the sidelines at a 4-2 pace or Travis Kelsey to be open across the middle 100 times running 10-yard slant patterns. This is a game that you're going to have to win on the ground And you're going to have to win meticulously. And you're really going to have... This, in all intents and purposes, is probably going to be an old-fashioned football game. And I'll take the Broncos because I think that they have a better defense. I think Mahomes is in for a rude awakening. He has not seen the likes of Yvonne Miller in his young NFL career. And... I don't know how he deals with being under pressure. He gets the the ball out fast. Very fast. The fastest in the league at getting the ball out. But Von Miller can change that. And let's see how he does with with pressure in his face. Now, if he... If he Von Miller versus
1: Eric Fisher is going to be the battle to watch. That'll be fun.
0: And you got Chubb on the other side. So... Let's see how he does with pressure on his face. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm taking the Broncos.
1: All right. Do you think it's close?
0: I think it's real close. I think it's a one-score game. Tyreek Hill is going to be sucking wind by the the midway point of the first quarter if, if if they don't play their cards right.
1: He only needs to get he only needs to get a big play one time. I,
0: I like I like Denver. Give me De- give me Denver and the points. plug your stuff and we'll get out of here
1: all right Uh, I make movie reviews on YouTube under my own name Nick Parodies you can find the channel it's pretty easy to find Uh, my latest one is on the Predator my next one will be on Venom which is coming out very soon this week we'll hopefully go see that opening night to get the review out as soon as possible for everybody um I'm a little. I'm skeptical of whether it can be good, but I like Tom Hardy, so I'm definitely going to give it a chance. Uh, Hard truth will be back at some point. That's my Sports Talk YouTube channel. I've got some stuff planned. I don't have a timetable for it, but I'm sure everybody will like it because I, I can promise you it's going to be some interesting content. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, on so on Instagram, on all of that stuff at Nick Parodies where I talk all kinds of stuff, get in a fight with me. It's always a good time. I welcome it.
0: If you've made it this far, like subscribe, share, follow all that. Good jazz. Huge. Thanks to Seekeek for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a review. I enjoy reading them, but you know what time it is like the sweet words of semi It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you cannot stay here. Till next time.